0: Terrorists like coronavirus are out of control. Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, a psychiatrist and you are a terrorist therapist. Well, the question is who's more out of control, terrorists or coronavirus? Depending upon who you ask, you'll get different opinions. Um, Certainly terrorists are out of control and I'm gonna tell you a story about something that just happened. Um, which kind of proves that. Uh, As far as coronavirus, well, you know, how much out of control that is depends upon whether you're listening to um, someone like Dr. Fauci, who is trying to warn us that it is never going to go into control. We're never going to be in control of it. Um, A little voice and face of gloom and doom uh, has... As I have been trying to warn about, um, his uh, face and words of gloom and doom are more dangerous than coronavirus because they are making us all frightened and stressed out. And um, when you are stressed out, it affects you in all different kinds of ways, physically and psychologically. And amongst the physical problems, it causes uh, a weakened immune system, which then makes us all vulnerable more vulnerable to coronavirus. So now, um, there are a lot of similarities between terrorists and coronavirus. <laughs> uh, they're all over the place. You don't know where they're gonna pop up next. Uh, just when you thought that you made peace with them, they um, show that uh, they're, they're, they're not gonna make peace with you. Now, I happen to think with coronavirus, it's a lot, um, it's a lot easier to make peace in the sense of, really peace comes from uh, making your own immune system stronger. That's what peace is with coronavirus. And we're all able to do that by one, not letting ourselves get overly stressed out, whether it's from Dr. Fauci or just nonstop television news, you're all gonna die. Um, to doing basic healthy things like eating nutritious food, uh, getting enough sleep, getting enough exercise, uh, taking vitamins, taking immunity supplements. there are all kinds of supplements on the market, from immunity teas to uh, immunity gummies like airborne uh, and no i 'm not paid by airborne <laughs> um, but you know there are lots of things that we can do and and, and of course, primarily really, not only to um, avoid stress. But to purposely do things to um, help yourself get stress-free, whether that's meditation, listening to calming music, new age music, classical music, um, getting a a pet. I'm so happy to see this is like continuing. I have been recommending on all the various um, media interviews I've been doing about coronavirus, I have been recommending from day one that people go to shelters and adopt a pet. And it has been amazing. I mean, I'm not taking credit for all of the adopted pets. I'd like to think I did contribute to a few. Uh, It's been amazing that so many pets, so many shelters are out of pets because so many people have adopted them uh, to keep them company during coronavirus. And not only keep company, but also when you have somebody or a, a pet who depends upon you, it makes you take care of yourself more. So um, so there are really things and ways that we can make peace with coronavirus a little more than peace with the terrorists. Now, why am I talking about that today? Well, we have just seen uh, an eruption of terrorists, uh, although it is not definite at this point as I'm talking to you right now. Um, perhaps you'll be hearing this after they have figured out who did it. who done it but um there was an attack in afghanistan at a maternity hospital in kabul really sad i'll tell you about it um why it's particularly sad and how it goes along with this idea that uh you don't know where the next one's going to pop up and just when we thought we had uh, created peace the terrorists, you know, pop up. And that is because in Afghanistan, um, the United States helped to broker a peace deal. And there had already begun to be an exchange of prisoners, just the very beginning, not all the prisoners that were supposed to be exchanged had been exchanged, but some of them had uh, from both sides and there were supposed to be peace talks starting. Um, you know there were peace talks and then this exchange of prisoners and then that's the next phase of peace talks that were supposed to begin and now lo and behold there was this attack on an afghan hospital and also a funeral tell you about that um so uh you know so there goes the uh peace (laughs) there goes the peace plan um this maternity clinic that was attacked in Kabul, they killed at least 16 people, including two new- newborn babies. Um, and then there was a suicide bomber who killed at least 24 other people at a funeral. Now, uh, there's a question, the Taliban, you know, and that was who the peace plan was made with, that the US brokered it was with the Taliban and um, Afghanistan. The Afghan president, um, and uh, the there is some question as to who these terrorists were. were. You know, the Taliban is denying that it was them, and there's a possibility there are some people who are saying it was ISIS. Although ISIS hasn't really uh, stepped up and said that it was them, that these people were, you know, ISIS uh, devotees. Uh, So we don't know yet, again, as of right now, because this just happened, we don't know who. (laughs) But, you know, since there is this question mark, unless they're able to finally figure out who it is, um, that is going to stall, it has already stalled the peace plan. So, um, because Afghan President uh, Ashraf Ghani has ordered a resumption of a full offensive against the Taliban, and other militant groups um, because he's not taken any chances. And um, the chair of the Afghanistan Independent Human Rights Commission said, these newborns among the first voices they heard on the first day of their lives was the sound of gunfire. And among their first experiences being targeted in a war, they and their mothers had no part in. Isn't that sad? And that's kind of like coronavirus, where people are dying or getting sick, who, you know, through no fault of their own, for the most part. Um, So, uh, now, even though the Taliban has said that uh, they were not responsible for either of these attacks, they haven't condemned the bloodshed at this Kabul hospital. And there's word that uh, perhaps the Taliban is having other people, other terrorists, do their dirty work. And that was one of the things that uh, made this peace plan, such as it is or was, uh, as they were putting that together, one of the questions and problems was, Uh, Are the Taliban going to just have other terrorists fight their battles for them? You know, they can pretend to be innocent, not, it's not them. And then really they're going to be in cahoots (laughs) with other terrorists who are going to do these attacks. So it was a hundred bed hospital. Three gunmen burst inside, began shooting uh, apparently indiscriminately. They, as soon as they reached the doorstep, they started firing and four mothers were killed in the room um then some some of there were a, actually a number of people who were saved, um, evacuated before they were killed. and um, so two babies were killed and six and fourteen uh, adults, mothers and nurses. And um, Then the funeral was of a police commander who had died in the night of a heart attack. And then people, you know, came to his funeral and um, some so far unnamed terrorists, um, suicide bomber, attacked there. Now, um, th- these three gunmen who came into the hospital were dressed as police officers. And then when they stormed the maternity hospital and, you know, it's it just gets, I mean, it's so... Um, it's just so sad, and it's so similar to coronavirus. Uh, you know, we're trying to stamp out terrorists. We're trying to stamp out coronavirus. And um, they, are, they are somewhat resistant <laughs> to, uh, to being stamped out. And then, actually, there was a third attack in Afghanistan uh, because a bomb was planted under a cart in a market, and that killed a child and wounded 10 more people, and no group claimed responsibility for that one either. Now, one of the reasons why they're suspecting ISIS or someone connected to ISIS for these various attacks is because ISIS did uh, claim responsibility for a series of attacks across Kabul on the day before the hospital and the funeral and this market were attacked. So now this, of course, is particularly devastating because um afghanistan just like every other country just about is facing coronavirus and you know this is exactly what i've been talking about in previous podcasts about how isis and terrorists in general are seeing both ramadan and coronavirus ramadan is only a month but coronavirus is uh, some indefinite amount of time they're seeing that as distracting um well they're seeing coronavirus as distracting Westerners um, and uh, being a perfect time to attack. And they're seeing Ramadan as a perfect time to attack because you get double points um, for being a martyr if you perpetrate an attack during Ramadan. So, um, So that is the story of Afghanistan. When we come back, I'll tell you about some other examples of situations related to terrorism and coronavirus. And um, we will see some of the interesting ways in which they interact. Welcome back to the Terrorist Therapist Show where we're talking today about terrorists like coronavirus are out of control. Now, I was just telling you about these horrible attacks in Afghanistan, which unfortunately have derailed a peace process that had begun through the um, interception, through the help of the US. Um, before it could really get started, other than they're having exchanged some number of prisoners, which, um, you know, I had said already was a questionable (laughs) thing to do, (laughs) putting so many uh, Taliban out into the world. But in any case, um, they had just begun to exchange prisoners when um, now there were these three attacks today. um, And... uh, you know, and so far nobody has, has, um, uh, claimed responsibility, but the Taliban, you know, it's the Taliban that was involved in the peace process. They are not saying they're denying responsibility for these attacks, but they're not exactly, uh, condemning the attacks. All right. Let's, so I was saying, so the, the point of this, they're pop, they're out of control. They're popping up everywhere. And I'm going to tell you a few more places where terrorists are popping up just in this same, uh, Week essentially. Um, I'm gonna talk about Spain, I'm gonna talk about uh, Italy, and I'm gonna talk about the United States. Okay, let's look at Spain. Um, As you will hopefully remember, or you can go back and hear, I talked about um, a most wanted, Europe's most wanted terrorist, how he was just recently captured in Spain That was Abdel Majid Abdel Barry. Um, He was the uh, Ethiopian-born British rapper turned Islamic State extremist. And he, I was talked about how he um, used the coronavirus lockdown both by using that as a way to not arouse suspicion by just staying in this rented apartment and also using a mask when he did go out, uh, which wasn't very often. But he was identified by his rather elfin ears, <laughs> and um, and that is how he was caught. And then, of course, when they when the police raided the apartment, uh, they did they took fingerprints and and got further identification that it was indeed Abdel Barry. If you haven't heard that podcast, do go back and check it out. Because, well, because it was very interesting, but also because today I'm going to mention about another terrorist who the Spanish police caught, uh, and it is related to coronavirus, but in a different way. This terrorist, um, as of yet unnamed at this time, um, but he is... He is an ISIS, uh, a loyal, a lone wolf dedicated to ISIS. Um, And he was caught in Spain just in time to prevent an attack. Now he made use of coronavirus, or actually not necessarily made use, but he hit coronavirus um, sort of in an opposite way, the fact that there was coronavirus and a lockdown made it easier for him to be caught. He was a Moroccan man. Um, he was, he was caught by police. He was detained in uh, a dawn raid, just like the previous, uh, Abdel Barry. It was an, a dawn raid. And, um, after surveillance now, um, he was, caught, he was noticed, you know, because, I mean, you know, he was under surveillance too, to some degree, because he was considered a, uh, quote, profoundly radicalized, unquote, ISIS follower. Now he was caught because uh, since there is this lockdown in Spain, it is easier to see, to notice people who are walking around in the streets. And he was noticed to be walking around Um, looking for what seemed like, and now that he was caught, you know, and more investigation has been done, it seems more definitely, that he was trying to scope out a target for a terror attack. He's a Moroccan man. Um, He has been radicalized and linked to ISIS for at least four years, but he had been able to keep a low profile online and offline until recently. Um, you know, unlike Abdul Barry, he went walking around in the streets, making himself both of them, you know. These are the mistakes that fortunately allow uh, the police and the counterterrorism organizations to catch these guys. Um, this the investigators noted a quote striking and worrying unquote change in the man's behavior after the state of emergency was declared by the Spanish government on March 14th. So when he was you know out and about more, um, that uh, breaking the lockdown restrictions. That um, and plus, they found that he was using elaborate security measures to try to avoid these surveillance officers. So uh, they noticed this this odd behavior, and they um, they um, you know that got his their attention. And you know, as he was going around Barcelona, and um, and that's how he got caught. Uh, he was caught in central Barcelona in an area that is popular with Taurus. Okay, let's go to Italy. This is a very sad story. Um, really disgusting, actually. Uh, and not, this is not unique. Um, you may have also seen some, I mean, it's, this particular story is unique in itself. But there are more and more stories, as you may well be aware, of migrants in Europe uh, who have been doing all kinds of criminal kinds of things, but particularly rapes. I mean, you know, it just boggles my mind that um, the European countries have been allowing in so many migrants. And because of you know, because of a number of socio, sociological and psychological factors, um, including the fact that where they come from, life is not as civilized as the European countries that they are going to, uh, plus the fact that they are sort of estranged, you know, they feel like they're um, being, um, uh, you know, people are not exactly, well, that, people, that everybody is welcoming them in. They feel like they're on the borders of society, which they are for the most part, although co- many countries have done so much. I mean, besides, of course, paying for them to live, you know, giving them social services. Um, but even more than that, many European countries have done uh, um, so much to welcome them, to teach them the language, to try to teach them the language, to um, try to keep, teach them trades, all kinds of things, and yet most of these people, many of the migrants—I won't say most—but many of the migrants don't want to learn the European language, and don't really want to work if they can get social services, and um, and aren't getting uh, getting um, you know blending in, doing anything to blend into the society. They just want to keep their culture and and there have been a lot of rapes and i keep wondering when these countries are going to learn their lesson i was actually just um, reading something about about poland who actually has been um, very much more aggressive in terms of not letting in immigrants and they have managed to escape some of these problems so um, without further ado to go to this story there was a migrant from senegal Who was arrested for an alleged rape in Naples? It's not really so alleged. Uh, I mean, there is video of it in Naples, Italy. And what makes it really disgusting, I mean, any rape is disgusting, but what makes it really disgusting is that it was a rape of a nurse who had just gotten off duty. She was a nurse in a psychiatric um, uh, clinic or hospital. And it was three o'clock in the afternoon, broad daylight. There is video of this. Unfortunately, I mean, it was broad daylight, but there weren't many people around. She had only seen one other person. She called out, it was a woman. She called out to the woman and uh, she said the woman didn't hear her, but you know, did the woman not hear her or did the woman not want to come near her, uh, seeing her being raped by this Senegalese man? uh, you know, and not want to get raped herself. In any case, uh, this nurse is 48 years old. Um, she had left work at a Naples hospital. It was a, at a bus stop behind the Naples main train station. I mean, it wasn't out in the woods, you know, but, but it was fairly deserted because of coronavirus. And um, uh, the man kept repeating to the nurse, let me do what I want or I'll kill you. Stand still and don't scream. Because when she first saw him, she thought he just wanted to steal her money. And she, you know, threw her purse towards him. But that wasn't it. He wanted to rape her. Well, um, I guess I need to, <laughs> I need to uh, take another break at this point. When we come back, i'll leave you on a cliffhanger when we come back i'll tell you more about this nurse this disgusting rape and um all of these things you know having to do with coronavirus because this nurse worked in the psychiatry department of the naples hospital looking after patients recovering from the trauma of having coronavirus welcome back to the terrorist therapist show where we're talking today about terrorists like coronavirus are out of control uh i was kind of in the middle (laughs) leaving you on a cliffhanger about this poor nurse who um was you know putting herself in jeopardy basically as all nurses and doctors and other medical staff are doing these days you know working with patients with coronavirus um and she went to the bus stop and um and there came a man from senegal an immigrant um and he started um, he started raping her. She said he was double my size and all his weight was on my back. He got angry because my jeans were too tight and he couldn't take them off. Um, this went on for 45 minutes. He was determined apparently to get them off as she was waiting for her bus home. And he had jumped a fence and came towards her and grabbed her arm. And that's when she thought he wanted to take her purse and she just uh, tried to give him her purse, but that wasn't it. So he threw her on the ground, he put his hand over her mouth. Um, she was hoping somebody would come and help her and that didn't happen. She said he would put his hands everywhere and get angry because I was defending myself. Can you, you can just see that, right? You know, she was a woman, you're not supposed to defend yourself. Uh, she said something really, really important. She said, quote, they use drones to find people who go to the beach despite the COVID emergency. Why don't they use them to prevent these and other attacks? That is so true. You know, (laughs) we're having drones going over beaches and um, trying to stop people uh, from, from being on the beach, you know, being too close, social distance, too close and so on. And, um, and here, um, there, you know, where was a drone when, when you need one to stop her from being raped? Now, um, she told him she was pregnant and that he shouldn't hurt her. Now, it's not clear whether she really was or She just told him that to try to get him to stop. But anyhow, she also told him she couldn't breathe. She needed water. He didn't stop, you know. Um, she told him if someone would come, he would be arrested. Nothing d- deterred him. He kept trying to rip her jeans off. Um, He hurt her back, her neck was covered with bruises, at one point he tried to choke her. And then finally, finally, after 45 minutes, a bus came and the driver saw what was happening and got out and started shouting. And then finally the army, I guess the bus driver called the army. And uh, they came, they surrounded the man, they caught the man, they took the woman to the hospital, they told her husband, who of course was devastated. He felt guilty because he wasn't there to protect her. And she is saying that she doesn't know if the physical or mental pain was worse. And she is now going to have to struggle to get on with her life. Now, that story about this migrant rapist um, is on... The same page, essentially, as the news of um, the the headline, Italy will give 600,000 illegal migrants the right to stay after government said they proved essential caring for elderly and picking crops during coronavirus crisis. Well, I guess, you know, those who help the elderly, um, uh, you know, Deserve credit, and similarly for picking crops. But I guess the answer is that one has to weed out the ones that have that are willing to do those kinds of things versus the ones who are rapists. Um. They there were uh, these unregistered illegal migrants who have worked in the fields across Italy to protect the food supplies. And while they were doing that, they were risking being arrested if they were caught by the police. And um, so they're now giving them permits that are valid for six months and are renewable. They're temporary. It doesn't mean they're not giving them permanent citizenship yet. But um, they're also concerned that if they force migrants to hide, that would increase the outbreak of coronavirus you know, because they wouldn't come to get treatment. Um, So, so this is, you know, these, this is another example of the kinds of conundrums that there are in trying to both protect people from terrorists and, um, and 'er ne'er-do-wells and, um, trying to, uh, you know, save crops and so on. All right, here's the final story about uh, terrorism and coronavirus. Uh, There is a man called Taharwar Rana, and he is in jail in California. He is a uh, terrorist. He was um, convicted in a major terrorism case in Chicago, and he tested positive for coronavirus, and he is asking to be released from prison. (laughs) You know, it's, um, he is 59 years old. He's doing time in a California federal prison and his lawyer filed, um, a filed something in court saying that he's tested positive and asking for him to be released. Now, um, he was a, a travel agent in Chicago, and he was convicted of ties to a Pakistani terror organization. This is the group that was responsible for a deadly siege on Mumbai, India in 2008. You may remember that. It was a horrendous attack where more than 160 were killed. And he is less than a year and a half from the end of his sentence, the, the prison is reportedly uh, heavily infected and he's saying that his life is at risk and he wants out early from behind bars. You know, why it's so difficult for these jails and prisons to just separate out people who are positive for coronavirus and people who aren't positive, um, I don't know. It's really a lot of prisoners, however, are using this, trying to use this as an excuse to get out early. Um, he was charged more than a decade ago with several Pakistani terror- terrorists. They were all accused of helping plot this attack on Mumbai. And he was um, acquitted of the Mumbai attack. In other words, acquitted of being directly responsible. But he was convicted of supporting the Pakistani terror group that carried out the attack. So he was sentenced to 14 years, and he's been locked up at Terminal Island in Southern California. Um, there are 644 inmates there who have tested positive. I mean, it is true that coronavirus is running rampant through prisons. Um, you know, it's it's really, when you think about it, though, there are so many inequities, because uh, coronavirus has also been running rampant through Uh, old age homes and yet some hospitals like in New York, they just changed this, but it was awful. And in other places too, um, they were returning people who were, who had coronavirus to these old age homes where, you know, they're not set up to treat people for coronavirus in old age homes. And it is very easy, um, even, even easier than in prisons, to infect other people because, of course, elderly people are more vulnerable to getting coronavirus and it is more serious when they get it. So almost 62% of the prison population where he is are positive and they've been moved to isolated housing, so that should be enough. (laughs) Six inmates there have died. And uh, you know his attorneys are being rather dramatic, saying he's going to join the list of the dead if his sentence isn't cut sh- cut short, and so on. Um, so, uh, oh, his lawyers are reminding the court that he wasn't convicted in any of the deaths in Mumbai and that his own precarious health condition, he has heart problems and he has renal failure, that that makes him vulnerable to catching coronavirus. And so they're asking for compassionate release. Well, um, we'll have to see what happens. You know, he the fact that he does have these other illnesses um, could be <laughs> be a reasonable, uh, a more reasonable reason to ask for that than a lot of other uh, people, prisoners, especially, um, especially perhaps those who are, who were convicted for for terrorist crimes. Well, all of this, uh, boy, (laughs) Between terrorism and coronavirus, it seems as though the world is coming to an end, but it isn't. I am here to assure you that it isn't. Life will go on. Uh, You just have to be very protective of yourself, both in terms of um, protective from, from, from criminals, you know, and particularly protective of your immune system, so that you, if you do come near a coronavirus, uh, you will be able to withstand that, just like just like if you come near a terrorist, it would be good to be able to be alert and, um, and not get hurt by a terrorist either. Well, thank you for listening to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist.